That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and dissecting Batman v Superman one single minute at a time. When last we left the movie, we were concluding Minute 109, and Martha Kent was having a totally normal little bit of taking the trash out as she was leaving work at Raleigh's Diner. <sighs> there's no way to there's no way to get around this, Stephen. Things are going to go south here for Martha very quickly. Some very cool imagery coming up. I'm interested to see how many of the things we bring up that either we have thought of or missed, and then listeners have thought of or missed. There were a bunch in this one that I think are going to be cool to dissect. Are you ready? I'm ready. Minute 110 begins now. I want to call out here, did it connect with you how... Lex's men pull the same headlight trick that Batman did. Oh no! That that moment is like created almost perfectly here with these like halogen blue white lights coming on, peering out almost like a pair of going eyes. Yeah, that stop Martha in her tracks. And um, well, I mean, obviously this section is Lex's men kind of ambush her, pull up in a van throw into the van and then capture Martha that she has like, once again, we have bait being <laughs> set and a trap being sprung here. Uh, in the same way, the last time we saw those headlights go on. The one thing I do want to call out beyond that though, when the driver, I, it's one of these things, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but when the driver of the van pulls in and stops, we get the headlights that are blasting on him. And he looks into the back of the car, so we just see his entire whites of his eyes. And it does look like his eyes are glowing for a second, if you look at it quickly. <laughs> just doubling down on that, uh, I think we can say, at least in this scene, definitely a motif. Yeah. In in this minute. Or, I mean, these guys, they just got just like totally mauled by Batman a, a few <laughs> days or week, whatever, earlier. And so this is them like, oh, yeah, this is we're going to assert ourselves, <laughs> like feel like proper henchmen once again. So wait, are you are you is in your head canon? Is this driver of the car the same guy that had Batman do this to him? Yeah, my, my head canon is that they're like, in order to recover their their male superiority, they staged a they, they like the headlight thing. It was intentional was them being like, oh, yeah, he thinks he's the only one that can scare people. Well, I got this old lady dead to rights. <laughs> Over the course of, of this minute, there are a couple things done here that are drawing, uh, well, I guess in just what I've said so far, even drawing a parallel between Bruce Wayne slash Batman and Lex Luthor now. Like the, the fact that their methodology here is adapted from one character to the other, I think is not a coincidence. Right. Well, and as we mentioned also leading up to this moment, we had the moments with Bruce and Clark and Lex, where they were each had a, a moment of reflection, like with their father, sort of on the Lex's was less overt, but like he was on the roof and Superman was on the mountain and Bruce was at, at Wayne Manor. Like, yeah, it's in the next minute of Lex waiting for, for news of Martha also. And so that, that kind of parallel contrasting of the ways 
those three characters are kind of intertwined here is is um is continuing with that visual motif continuing that literally we go from this shot of the glowing car eyes in the dark capturing martha to uh, it's not a match cut but it is close enough for me to think that there there's a lot of intentionality yeah. there that these eyes become the eyes of batman glowing in the exact same way well and that w- and it's funny you mentioned the idea of that being a match cut cuz there's a brief second even where I'm tempted to be like, oh, that would have been cool, but also that would have been almost because <laughs> uh, we have to <laughs> reference it every minute, right? Too much or uh, or not, yeah, not enough. Where there's a, it's enough to there where like you know you're picking up on it, obviously. But I think if they had actually made it a match cut, it would have been like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> he is his his fixation on Superman here is allowing, like Martha is getting taken. The people that he is literally the reason he's Batman to protect, obviously not this Martha, but I mean, the, as we will get to eventually, Martha, as a concept, is is being taken again in an alley, again, under Batman's watch, because he is looking at the wrong thing. Which is funny, because that's also Superman's, because he's not looking. But and Batman, but he's hyper, instead of not looking, his thing is he's hyper fixated on the the dichotomy of the how he has fallen to the point where like Martha is being is being taken because he's he's not doing his job with you know the beautiful lie and all that is this our first official look at the Dark Knight Returns armor in live action I feel like we may have seen pieces of it constructed like in the Batcave they were hanging was that in this movie um no that's in I don't we have not seen, we saw it in promo stuff but I mean in oh, okay. the movie itself I don't think we knew this even existed until this moment Yeah I think that was one of the biggest highlights of this cuz really the first time we ever saw this was at the there was the first Comic-Con reveal where he re, he had Harry Lennox read the bit from the Dark Knight Returns and then they revealed the the Batman v Superman logo that's like a famous Hall H clip from Comic-Con. But then the next year is when they had a clip that sort of resembled this moment, except they had him looking up and Superman was up in the sky. And that one was never even officially released. I remember finding a bootleg of it because I wasn't there. You may have you may have been there for that. Were you in Hall Don't H? I think so. No? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, yeah, I know the one you're yeah. Um but but that was the first time that I think like the world kind of realized like, oh no, they're actually doing that suit in that fight. And it's so it's so iconic and the 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 look of the suit is matched. I mean, it's it's different in, in some key kind of comic booky ways where like the one in the in the comic book is far more like kind of rounded and like smooth edge, whereas this is way more angular and kind of brutal. But it's very clearly like people see this as one of those things where they're like, "Oh no, that is the Frank Miller armor." There's no like, mistaking it. Yeah, um, and also it looks like it's gotten some 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 use out of it before too, which I'm very curious to know. Like, when has he had reason to to go toe to toe with someone else in this in the past? Yeah, I think it's in this like first look at him that you see. Um... Was one of the details that I loved about the bat suit is that it, of course, his armor has a cape. Yeah. <laughs> Except this cape is like the heaviest weave fabric possible, so it has to be extreme, just like the rest of the suit. I like the symmetry of "Do you bleed?" That it is like 
it's not we it's lex doing it this almost implies lex and bruce working together yeah which i think is kind of might have been how how someone might take it in the first pass through but we know obviously as we've been breaking this down that that is like definitively not the case well bruce is very much working for lex (laughs) unknowingly yeah. yeah um but yeah no i i think that the 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 parallel to the shot the the because I, I lining up with the exit with the with the shot in the same way that this is not a match cut from the headlights, it's not a it, it doesn't it's not a match for the do you bleed shot, but it's so close. I think it, it's evocative of the same. Like it brings the I hear the words in my head. To be fair, I hear those multiple times a day anyway. But but particularly at this moment, you hear that do you bleed? You will like it's just like you can tell that it's just playing over and over and over in his head. It's this obsessive idea that he's driven by of making Superman bleed. I'll also call out here. It was something I don't think I had obviously as as we're going through this movie and dissecting it. It's not something that I had called out and seen in the exact context that we're talking about. What do you know or did you realize what Batman is looking at? Um, well, he's looking up the hole that Superman gets thrown down. Yeah. Because then after this, he walks off and it's almost like he's pacing off the steps. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is Batman prep time. This is, I mean, the fact that it isn't called out at all. And obviously, you know, the poetry of him looking up and saying, this is where Superman is going to fall to earth. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the pile of radiators that he, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yep. You almost wonder if he like put those there himself. He's like, "What's the most uncomfortable thing a man can fall onto from the top of a building? Probably a pile Radiator. of rusty radiators." <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that was his other workout. We didn't get to see. He stripped down and did that again. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I didn't I didn't put it together here. He we even get him. He has the spear, obviously, and we get these shots of his boots. But now I'm watching this, thinking he is literally counting off the paces. As he's stepping of where this is, and the spear, this is where it's going to be. Well, and that's how he knows, to, probably the reason he's counting off the pace is, is because he ends up using the, he swings him around with the cord. And so that's, that's the biggest thing he's going to need to know how, why, like how, like the, the width and depth of the, of the area. And then I, I guess I just assume that he embeds, well, literally in, in the fiction of the movie, I think he plants the spear into the cement because that will mask it uh somewhat you know he can obviously just lay it down on the ground but he chooses not to do that but i think figuratively you would say this is uh, a screaming reference to excalibur oh yeah <laughs> once again well i mean uh, especially speaking of stripping naked yeah especially excalibur not just not just arthurian myth but excalibur specifically because of the, of the green glow it's so pervasive in that it's it's such a big plot point in the Excalibur, the Borman's Excalibur movie. That was coming to the Gotham movie theater. Right. Oh, yeah. It says Excalibur starts Wednesday on the billboard. Did Bruce Wayne, in the midst of grieving his parents, go back to the movie theater and see Excalibur <laughs> on Wednesday? Or is this him metaphysically overlapping his story with a very uh, beloved film of director Zack Snyder. Bruce plants the spear, and then 
we get the most important question of the minute. Joe <laughs> plus no <laughs> the the question mark of the Riddler. No. Um aside from the graffiti, the spear is planted with gusto, and then we get Bruce Wayne removing the sheet from a massive stored bat signal. I think it is very important to note everything that we know about Bruce and, and how Batman has changed recently in the course of this movie, that it does not seem a coincidence that the bat signal is wrapped up uh, and, and potentially abandoned here. Well, at least this one is, but we've seen the bat signal yeah. previously in the movie, haven't we? This whole thing is being done because Clark said, next time they shine your light in the sky. So that means there's a reference point that Clark is using. And we saw, we saw posters where the cops had the, remember the, had the bat signal like a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. But, but is the implication here that generally Bruce's time being called upon by the police is now over because either, well, I would say it's probably more likely that he stopped coming. Yeah. And, and was doing his own thing. Or is this speaking to the fact that he used to have a bad signal, which is an object of significance in a part of the Gotham port that is now completely abandoned I th and fallen into ruin. I think that's more likely because we've got, um, the the fact that he's uncovering it and it's not on top of GCPD. Like, I don't think he stole the one from GCPD. <laughs> no. Um. So I think either this one is here and has been out of commission or he constructed it and him uncovering it is like, we just didn't see that part, but we saw him doing all the other prep time stuff. So it, it's maybe something he has that he brought in and set up there. We don't see enough of it to really know for sure, but. I think there's more than one bat signal regardless though. This is not like the bat signal. This is a bat signal. Yeah. This is also a part of the movie where I have trouble. I have trouble deciding which of these, uh, Zack Snyder and Larry Fong and, and DJ creating basically a living comic book panel. Yeah. Uh, which of them do I like more where the lightning is striking and Batman is lit standing next to the bat signal or in between the lightning strikes where it is pitch black around the bat signal, except for his glowing eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, they couldn't well, decide. They were like, let's just do them both. And what's crazy. I don't know about this scene specifically, but I, I, I had a, I was asking Larry about one of the, the scenes that he lit on, on Twitter, because there's some of these that you look at and you figure there has to be some sort of digital manipulation going on. Like the eyes are digitally inserted or something because the lighting yeah. is just, that's difficult to get done. And Larry was, I, I it was one of the things where I felt bad. Cause I like alluded to them. I was like, so how do you light that? Is that like a inserted, is that composite or something? He's like, no, we just, we light it. What do you mean? And I was like, uh, I, never mind. Don't. I mean, <laughs> like, so like I said, it was, I don't know what they did for this one exactly, but I do know that like what they do with light in some of these scenes is like kind of insane that they're able to, to accomplish this with, without, relying on it being a like a a blue screen composite like this is actually a bat signal he's actually standing you know there's a he's he's standing on a a stage probably whatever on a surface here and in, in the suit and everything so that's not a a 100 percent cgi shot 
I, I don't know if we, we'd be saying it every single scene, but the all the credit in the world to the effect scene because this is like seamless. That doesn't even capture what I would the praise that I want to heap on this, but just the uh, this is why I watch Zack Snyder movies. Is oh. this well, orgy of well, and you, tone you didn't even and mention the score swelling. And look at even uh, even like for example, you go a a, a much less reference shot, but you go a few seconds there. I guess you see it throughout, but I mean even the the way the the rain is lit. Oh yeah, which is like such a weird thing to. We'll talk about this, I guess, maybe more in the next minute because the exact shot I want to talk about is in the next one. But the notion of lighting rain is kind of crazy, but like it is like the reason that you'll have like a shot where it's, it's like all black, but you can still see the rain is because they've got like a cross, yeah. like a fill, like a, like a, it's not a fill light. It's going to be like a, a key light that doesn't hit any of the subjects actually in frame. Just but the comes water across the screen with the water droplets, but not in a, like it's just there's so many different things going on with the lighting setup there. Yeah, with this one, we've got steam from the rooftop. The rain hitting the light seems to be turning to steam. Uh, it is oozing with atmosphere. And then we thankfully, the minute ends on you know this bellicose music pounding, and the lightning stops long enough for us to see the skyline of Gotham that is. Almost as if, you know, taking their lead from Batman, it is just as steamy and misty and just very, uh, we, we don't talk a ton about the, the city as much as maybe in some other Batman movies in this, but I feel like these shots show that there is, my vision of this Gotham is very much alive and it's like prettier than any other versions of them <laughs> are just because of how they're shot and shown in, in scenes like this. Yeah. Well, we also didn't talk about the, another huge Snyderism to go back a few seconds with the, the bat signal is the, um, the giant switch to, switch. <laughs> yep. to, to turn on and the spark it sparks when he flips it. Like, <laughs> It's, yeah, because because you want it to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, how else are you gonna right? turn on the bat? Like, what you want him to press like an LED button? Like, no. The only better way to light this would be with black powder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is a. It's an incredible moment. The bat signal is lit in a very different it's way now. AF. Personally, right? Yeah, yeah. right. God, uh, it is lit by Batman. The next time they shine your light in the sky, don't come. Hey, I'll, I'll do you one better here. Superman, this this is an awesome setting the stage for what's to come. We know that Batman has paced out his plan. We know that Lex is basically playing out his own as well. Superman noticeably absent. We're not going to find out where he is, but we're going to find out what is going to be moving him more directly, even beyond Martha. But yeah, this is where we end the minute is, is this slow pan, you know, like in and up under Batman and the Bat Signal be, to see the thing that we all want to see. <laughs> Which is the bat signal lit up against this rainy, right. you know, overcast sky. Well, and and like I was referencing that Comic Con sneak peek earlier. Even when in in the theater, I wasn't sure what we were gonna see when it was panning up here because we had seen some base uh, this scene or a a version of this scene that they shot for I don't know, but um, where it pans up and Superman is in the the bat is being lit with the with the light and he's with red eyes and everything and so i think that concept art is still in the art book too 
I think it is. And so the glowing red eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yep. I remember that vividly. So, yeah. So it's really interesting to, to remember this being like a moment of like, you're, you're kind of clenching a little bit being like, Oh, is this the, like the, the, Oh crap moment. Um, and I guess we'll find out. I just, I'm looking at this. It's like the, the way the, the bat silhouette, like with one arm out from the cave. Yeah. Every every single like bulge and layer of this massive arm is just like oh god this is so good it's, this is all it's like so a Hellboy good. level just like obnoxiously like this is this even, arm is made for punching Superman <laughs> yeah oh god and I mean you could make well, how do you adapt this movie into a graphic novel you just literally take these stills yeah and just put them uh, because this is made it's art. there's so many key things too that were because we're the the fact that it gives you multiple looks with the lat with the no light and then with the lightning, but even you get the textures and the clouds and you get the, the way he's lined up where you can see his bat ears, but, but the light washes over him and gives you like multiple different looks, each of which is like poster worthy on its own. Right. You want the one where the lightning is like giving definition behind him and glowing from behind the, like giving everyone a silhouette. Yeah, you've got that one. You want the one that's dark, where you just kind of got him getting swallowed a little bit into the sky. You've got that look, like, and it's all just in a few seconds here. That the fact that you get, you can frame by frame and be like, oh, which every single one of these frames is different, differently lit, but also good. <laughs> if you were, if you were describing this, it's like, no, it's great. I mean, Batman's up on the roof. He's he's going. He's he's throwing on the the bat signal. There's a there's a thunderstorm. There's lightning flashing everywhere. Rain, you know, going constantly. Objects flashing in and out. Um, we have this music going. It'd be like, is this too much? <laughs> and we can like emphatically say, absolutely not. Yeah, no. This is the power of Batman in this particular movie. Yeah, it's sort of framed a little bit the same with Batman on the right with his arm down and then there's the glowing, the the way it's lit with the clouds and the light coming from behind the bat signal resembles... This is the, a lot of the rule of three. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is how you're going to frame something. Totally. But also it looks like a dark inversion of the person on the roof reaching for Superman, which again, speaking of comic book panels, but we've talked about that. But as we watch Batman on this roof... And the bat signal being lit. There is another person who may be watching along with us, but we won't know that until minute one eleven. But for now, those of you already know, thank you for listening. If you can, please recommend the podcast to a friend. Even leave a five-star review on iTunes. Those are a massive help. Uh, and mainly just listen along with the podcast as you do. That is our favorite thing in the world. If you want to support the podcast with your dollars, podcasts, I should say, our ongoing Snyder mission, you can do so at patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. I was going to call this episode, The Bat Signal is Lit, and now I can't. <laughs> the Bat Signal is Lit A F. F. Properly hydrated throat is the key to any good podcast. I, I podcast for 30 minutes without a single sip.